Welcome to Chronic Love, a supportive space for people with chronic illness. I'm Robin, a psychologist in New York City, navigating the fallout of a breast cancer diagnosis some years in. And I'm on a personal journey to join together with others who have similarly found themselves facing life challenges in the wake of chronic illness. Together, with the generous humans you're about to meet, we welcome you into our discussions. I can look back and laugh at it now, but back in the day, I was like, listen, I ain't got but like one more of these left in me before we're going to have to talk about this. <laughs> My name is Jamie Bowles. I am the owner and founder and host on WJMS Radio, uh, which is a platform that is dedicated to making a difference in the community. I have been dealing with my diagnosis since December of 2018. I was diagnosed at 32 as a non-smoker with no history of cancer in my family and out of left field stage four. So I really try to educate people and make folks realize that, you know, you only need lungs to get lung cancer. With my um, lung cancer, I have uh, elk positive mutation. Mm -hmm. And so with the elk positive mutation, you know, there's no cure. It's just treated and it's managed. And so I take four pills um, in the morning and four pills at night. And you know, it basically keeps everything at bay. You know, it's gotten rid of any other extra areas. I had some few areas in my lymph nodes that went away. I had one that was down by my liver that's all gone. Um, all the tumors that were in my upper, you know, back area are all gone. Um, and the only thing that's left right now is just the main tumor on my left lung. And so that uh, is my prognosis. I just take this medication until my body eventually develops tolerance for it. And then I'll be put onto whatever the next line of medication is that's, you know, the next newest thing on the market. And so um, the way I find out if it's working is I either develop more fluid in my lungs again, um, or I start to get back pain, or I just, I start to feel like I felt before I started taking the medication. And so the scans help to determine if the medication is still working. After I got my first initial lung drain in the hospital, when they took the two and a half liters, that wasn't the end of it. Uh, I, my lungs were still gen generating fluid. So I kept on getting like massive amounts of fluid in my lungs and I would have to go into the doctor's office and get a needle in my side and have the fluid removed. It was pretty unpleasant. Um, I can look back and laugh at it now, but back in the day, I was like, listen, I ain't got but like one more of these left in me before we gonna have to talk about this. <laughs> um, so I would constantly, I had, I think I had three or four other in office lung drains after my original two and a half liters, and they all were about a liter each um, when they were done. That was about as much as I could take before I had to have them stop because it gets to be a little, it's very uncomfortable. Um, you know, it feels, people ask me what it feels like, and it's a really gross analogy, but it's the only thing I could think of to describe it. And it's like, if you've ever like blown bubbles in chocolate milk, <laughs> it's kind of how it feels when someone is pulling, like when they're pulling the fluid out of your lungs, it feels like that inside your lungs. And then like, once they get to the end of it, like the, where there's not a lot of fluid left, you start to feel it like sucking your organs and it's really awful. Um, but anyway, so that was not pleasant. And so I went back into the doctor's office and, you know, like a week later I had to go back again and I kept on having to go in and have these procedures and they got to be very ridiculous. I was like, this is getting to be you know, a regular thing, like what are, what are the options? What can we do? 
And the doctor was like, well, you know, we could give you a catheter. And I was like, oh, no, absolutely not. I don't want a catheter. Anyway, it ended up being that I had to get it. You know, there was no way around it because I had to continue getting lung drains until the medication started really working. Before it started fully working, my lungs were still developing fluid regularly. And so I went and got this catheter. It was a one-way catheter that sat on my left-hand side. It was, it's called a Plurex catheter. They puncture your, your lung space and it sits there. And then they just kind of wrap it up and it sits under a dressing. And then what happens is I had a nurse Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. She would come to the house and drain my lung. And I was like, okay. So she would come in. She would, you know, plug the, the one end of the uh, tube into sort of like a, a vacuum suction like jar and then she would open up the open up the valve and it would just pull the fluid out into the jar. And that, it took about anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. It was fine. Probably sometimes less than that, to be honest. It really took longer for her to like clean the dressing and put new stuff on there or whatever. So I had that in my in my lung for about two and a half months. And so I needed to get my fluid levels down to like 75 milliliters or less before they would take the catheter out. At first I was in pain with the catheter. I could hardly move. And so I was kind of not really doing anything, but then it got to the point where like it was healed in there and it was fine. The one thing that I lost during this whole cancer situation was my kickboxing. I couldn't do kickboxing anymore because of everything going on. And so I really missed it and I wanted to get back into it. And so I started going back to kickboxing every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I would do kickboxing 5:30 in the morning. And then I would go home, take a shower, get my lung drained at 9 AM and then go to work. <laughs> and that was my schedule for like, you know, at least a month. And, you know, it worked because I got my catheter out and I was so excited and I was so happy. I was able to finally get it done. But for me, it was the symbol that, you know, I was getting some of my life back. If you're watching this and resonating with any of this, we want you to know that you're not in this alone, that you're never in this alone. Until next time, sending love. Until next time, sending love. If you'd like to join us for a candid discussion about your experience with chronic illness, or if you'd like to connect to Simply Say Hello, we welcome you to reach out through any of the social media platforms or through our website, and all of our information is listed below. <laughs>